This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We have a fantastic guest, Captain Jimbo Keith. He's a second generation guide and outfitter out of Cedar Key, Florida. All right, here we go. Jimbo Keith, the most challenging thing about running an airboat. They don't steer good on mud. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like, that sounds like um, out of of experience. I'm Captain Jimbo Keith, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. All right, Jimbo, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, man, doing good, bud. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's nice to meet you and have you on the show. I appreciate you coming. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. So from what I hear, you are the man in Cedar Key. Uh, I try to be. Uh-huh. Tell me about <laughs> Cedar Key. I've, you know, that's a place in Florida that I've always heard about. I've, I've always heard about it. It's a legendary place, old Florida. I know it's beautiful. I know that it's a great place to fish, but I have never been there. Tell me about, sell me on Cedar Key. So Cedar Key is about an hour kind of west, northwest of Gainesville, Florida, where Florida Gators are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it is a community all on its own. So I didn't grow up in Cedar Key, but I grew up in Gainesville and hunted and fished that direction my whole life. Uh, I was raised over there fishing. And to tell you the truth, a lot of the locals that live there will tell you it has changed, but in retrospect, it has not changed like down south has changed. Hmm. Uh, it's still the same mom and pop stores. You know, the faces might change, but the buildings are all the same. You get some new paint and fresh paint and, and looks, but there is no commercial, you know, uh, there's no fast food. There's no, there's only one gas station. There's no red lights. There's two stop signs in the town, you know, going in on highway 24. But uh, it is a neat little place. It sounds that like is, paradise so far. No is. fast food. No, no fast food. <laughs> it's all stoplights. Yeah. Yep. I love it's it. It's awesome. Uh, it's got some nice condos and places to stay and shops, you know, to shop. Uh, it's got a couple really good restaurants that are there right on the water. So if you're sitting in the restaurant, you're overlooking the Gulf right there. Uh-huh. Uh, awesome fishing. And awesome fishing. So you grew up there? Is that where you grew up? I grew up fishing down there. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Where'd yep. you grow up? I grew up in Gainesville. Okay. Yep. That's where I was born and raised, right here. All right. Still live right here. And then what's the process to becoming a a fishing guide for you? So my dad started our company back in 1985. He started guiding. And in 2006, I came on board with him. And the process is I I have to kind of step back right there because I I have a lot of guys coming up here that are like, man, I love fishing. I want to be a charter boat captain. This is a big dream of mine. I'm like, well, hang on. 
Because if you love fishing, you need to kind of step back and, and realize that that ain't what it's about. And you know as well as I know, when you're a charter boat captain, you got to enjoy watching other people fish. It's not about you being the fisherman. Uh, it's kind of like a bartender loving to drink. You know, if you're going to be a bartender, you got to love mixing drinks and being yeah. around people. And so, actually probably uh, maybe even not drink, right? Like and not drink. Be exactly. around a bunch of drunk people. That sounds like super fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but that's how it is being a fishing guide. I've had to have the yeah, same conversation with a lot of people that are just yeah. super passionate fishermen and they think they're going to take that and be a great fishing guide. And that's not always the case because a lot of people just cannot stand the fact that these they they found this situation that they've never personally been in in their life the biggest school of tailing oh, yeah. fish they've ever seen in their life and here's this person that can't even cast 10 feet exactly and, exactly. and people get upset about that oh yeah like, like oh, yeah. that is that is kind of a situation that a lot of people aren't expecting of how they're going to react in that situation when they are a fishing yeah. guide i don't know how you did it but or, or how you do it but i always like just i had a mindset when i was the angler and I've got a mindset when I'm the guide. And oh, 100%. When, when you're the guide, it's like, that's all. That's cool. Like, yeah. we're, we're here you to learn. Everything's great. How great yep. is it that we just found this opportunity? Exactly. Let me tell you, exactly. I've never seen this before in my entire life. That's it. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. So did you and, struggle and with that when you first started guiding? Kind of, but I had a pretty good role model. Uh, my dad made, un, unlike a lot of captains nowadays, my dad made me go on the boat with him before he would let me start taking customers. How many days do you think? Oh, I, years. Probably, close to a year, year and a half that okay. I actually was with him actively, but I helped him before I was even old enough to get my captain's license. You know, he let me come on the boat and be his mate, you know, and yeah. kind of watch how he did things. And at that time, I was, shoot, I'd be up there ripping lips and he'd be like, hey, look, you got to wait. Let him have the first shot, let the customer catch him. And that's where I really learned uh, that it, what it's like to be a charter boat captain. And now, look, I can't hardly not be the guide. If I have my family on the boat and I could be on the bow, you know, it's I, I step back because I, I really fell in love with watching other people do the th you know, do it and experience it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really cool. Uh, you know, if, as far as getting your captain's license, you got to go through the Coast Guard, just like, you know, anywhere in the world. And uh takes a certain amount of time to get it. But I've been doing it since 2006 now, and I can't see myself doing anything else. That's awesome. Uh, I That's love awesome. It. So you, um, do you have other guys that work for you or are you all by So our one? business, our business, Saltwater Assassin Fishing Charters, is actually owned and operated by me, my dad, Captain Jim Keith. And my cousin, Captain Stephen Keith, and then I have an uncle that guides part-time with us as well. Uh, and that's Robbie Robertson. But the three of us full-time in Cedar Key, we are the biggest charter boat service in Cedar Key. Mm -hmm. There is uh, Cedar Key's a small town, and there's several new guides coming in and some old ones that has been there for a long time. But to sustain three, three boats off of one website and one social media presence uh, is pretty awesome in that little town yeah, especially to keep uh, it in the family like that That's... oh yeah we keep it in the family and and we you know we give away some business and we swap some business with other guides in different areas but we all fish about 270 days a year you that's know each one of us so that's a bunch so yeah that's we're very blessed it's really very, very um, you, you you have a really um it's kind of a magic little formula when you can have a place that 
has the weather that allows you know close to 300 days of of guiding yes. a year and yes. then also enough tourism you know yeah. to 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 allow that because a lot of places do have the weather and they do have the fishing but they don't have the people I, that's what i was always fortunate with in key west is that yeah we had the weather we had the people and you know if you could figure out how to get booked that many days and you could yeah. you could fish and then yeah, it was a matter of like oh boy now i've got 300 days booked can i can i <laughs> can do I it, stay on it? <laughs> can yeah. i stay yeah, sane exactly. can i stay married can i stay yeah. everything like yeah. and so uh rob told me that you're um you like uh you stay in shape too do you stay I in shape to. so that you can yep. so that you can fish that many yeah. days i mean i love it i that's some of my, my other family, they don't do, they don't stay in shape and don't work out, but it's become something that me and my wife do together. And I love, and we both really like it. It's kind of a cross between, uh, it's kind of like CrossFit, but it's not really CrossFit. Yep. We call it a cross training using a lot of dumbbells instead of barbells. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our gym offers it, which is a local gym right here in Gainesville. And, and we both love it. It's something we do every morning at five o'clock. Is that so right? I get up at four o'clock go to the gym at five and then I'm in Cedar key ready to work by eight. So nice. It's a, that's great. And then seasonally, <laughs> do you don't go earlier or sometimes of the year or anything? It all depends. Sometimes we'd start later. Uh, if we're doing a four hour trip, we have a pretty good tide swing up in our area. Mm-hmm. So what, how, how big is a tide swing? So about, we got about a five foot tide swing, okay. you know, certain times of year, it might be a little less, some might be a little more. Uh, this time of year we have a real negative tides which are really good. You know, we might start at noon some days and fish the afternoon. And then some days we might start at daylight. If I do the daylight starting, I go to the gym later. So it kind of messes up my gym time a little bit, but you know what, you got to do what you got to do when it comes to work. Yeah. Do you find that, that it um, has helped you um, maintain the 270 day schedule over the year being in a little better shape? Oh yeah. I'm able to go and, and continue. It just keeps, you know, your body and body moving a little more flexible. So I think long term it will help a lot. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it. All right, Jimbo, uh, we're going to start um, in on the hot seat questions. So I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but I have a series of questions that are either or. You tell me quickly as you can which you prefer. Okay. And some of them, some of them are like I ask you something, <laughs> but it's pretty pretty quick, rapid fire questions. All right, you ready to go? All right. Okay. Yep. Fresh or salt? Salt. Hunting or fishing? Oh, hunting. Cooking or catching? Hunting, huh? Catching, definitely. Drive or fly? Oh, fly. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Text or call? Text. Favorite social media platform? Instagram. Do you answer every comment or do you never look at them? I try to answer them. Okay. One million now or 10 million later? Oh, 10 million later. (laughs) One thing you've learned in the last year that has made you money? Listen to people that are above you. Good one. Most challenging thing about running an airboat? They don't steer good on mud. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like that sounds like um, out out of experience. The easiest thing about running an airboat? The throttle is your friend. Okay. One thing you would change about your fishing career if you could do it over again? Get into social media a long time ago. Okay. As soon as it hit. A movie that makes you laugh? Elf. Would you have a reptile as a pet? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> a non-fishing destination that you'd like to visit wyoming top fishing destination on your bucket list see that's a tough one for me because i can do them all in florida yeah so let's just say florida okay south florida, florida. south florida there you go uh one accomplishment that comes to mind 
being able to represent what my dad started. Okay, very good. One species you'd like to catch? Peacock bass. A book that you learned something from? A Land Remembered. Love that book. It's the best one. That's a great book. Uh, one thing you've changed your mind on in the last two years? Airboats. Okay, we're going to talk <laughs> about that. Uh, and the last one is one piece of advice that has served you well or that you live by? Listen to the older folks. Okay, so that came up twice. Yeah. Listen to the older folks. Listen to people that are above you. How has that? Mm -hmm. How has that served you? What What did you learn about that? Who have you been listening to? I, all my I try to listen to all my peers. Uh, when here's a rule that I live and die by: if somebody thinks they know everything, that's the first time I stop listening to them. <laughs> so that I kind of tune them out when they, when they have an answer for everything, and they act like they know that answer. I kind of tune them out a little bit. So everybody's got something to learn. And uh, and if usually somebody that's older got a little white hair, they've been around this place longer, mm -hmm. so they got a little more to share. So, do you learn um, from your customers? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I uh, several times I've had people on the boat and they're like, "Hey, that spot over there looks fishy." I'm like, ah, "I ain't never fished that before. I ain't never caught nothing there." And they're like, "Well, let's try it." I'm like, all right, whatever. Pull over there, make a couple casts, and jack a couple, and you're like, "All right." <laughs> or they come, or they show me a new knot, or they're like, "Hey, this is what we do over on, you know, in in North Carolina where we catch speckled trout and redfish." And I'm like, "All right," and I start mm -hmm. kind of bringing it in. So many times, I had I had good conversations with <laughs> with people that taught me things about out, outside of fishing, about business, oh, yeah. about <laughs> relationships. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. As you're a fishing guide, you're also a marriage counselor and you're, I'm, <laughs> no you know, you're like 24, no 24 years old, never, you know, maybe never been married at the time. And they're telling you everything. It's like, huh, oh, if yeah. I get married, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. do that. And yeah. I am going to do that. Like, it seems yeah. pretty easy. This guy seems to be having a really hard time with it. And he's the CEO yeah. of this multinational corporation, right? Like, yeah, no doubt. Like maybe you should be a little smarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe you should have your stuff together. I mean, some yeah. of them, some of them did, and some of them didn't, and some of them. Yeah, I learned a ton about. You know, I learned a lot through their failures, and others certainly taught oh, yeah. me a lot about their success. And 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 as a fishing guide, you know, you're taking a lot of people that are very very successful in their fields. And oh yeah, I think you'd be yeah. real. Real naive to think that they couldn't teach you anything, you know. Like, oh yeah, I think sometimes we we focus on where people are in their life and not where they came from. So we see them people that are real successful and they're getting to go on. Let's just say they're going on a charter trip with you or a charter trip with me or or some of the other really well known guides, and you're like, man, that guy's got it together. And but you don't look at where he, how long they struggled, where they came from, and how many times they failed. Uh, just like our buddy Rob, he didn't really, really fail, but he's tried a lot and he's yeah. finally got it. I mean, where he's just nailing things. Yeah. So, uh, you kind of look where the, the road they traveled. Man, know, I don't know a is, single successful person, like Uber successful person that didn't have quite a number of failures in their, in their background. And that's one of the things I started yeah. as I got, uh, more experienced in guiding when I was a you know, first got my captain's license and taking people, I just kind of was like, I'm just going to shut up because I don't know anything. And like, <laughs> I'm going to try not to make a fool out yeah. of myself today. I hope yeah. this guy catches a fish, but later, you know, when you, when you get a little more comfortable with where you are and, and, and who these people are. And a lot of times you fish with them a lot. And yeah. then you can kind of ask them like, 
you know, before you did this, what did you do before? And they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you really want to know <laughs> that, that story? Like, and then they <laughs> yeah. tell you the series of failures that they had. And it's like, well, what was it that you finally did that yeah. led to this amazing success that you have? And they're like, yeah, I knew it all the time. It was like it was about organizing, you know, my thoughts yeah. or it was about, you know, I, I got this partner or, you know, like something happened and yeah. and it really turned on for him but oh yeah turned know, everything it, around it always gives it always gave me hope that that uh anybody could do that um oh yeah for sure so in your in your area you run an airboat do you run an airboat I, all the time no sir i run a bay boat uh probably 90 percent of the time so tell me about tell me about the airboat and the the months and when you decided that that was something that you wanted <laughs> to run so i try it's just like we just talked about tries and failures yeah uh i tried to stay away from an airboat we ran our we ran Carolina skiffs for a while and loved them. My cousin and uncle still run them. Uh, this past year, me and my dad moved up to the bay boat world. And a couple years ago, I got a mud boat and I tried that in our area, and it just wouldn't do what I wanted. I couldn't go in the places I wanted to go on the tides I was in, and I kept. By the time I could get in there, there'd be airboats already in there, be wearing the fish out, and that frustrated me. And there again, uh, I got blessed with being able to get an airboat. Uh, very, very blessed. And was able to, the guy said, hey, what boat would you like to have if you could have a new boat? And I said, an airboat. And he's like, okay. And it came to pass that I got to pick an airboat out. I didn't get a new one, but I got a used one. And never drove one before in my life. <laughs> Ran boats my whole life, never drove an airboat got my airboat i've been on them and got on it and that's it took about i don't know one or two trips to really feel comfortable running it uh because it is different there's a little bit of a learning curve uh, especially in the mud on dry land if they're in the water they act just the same as any other boat uh you get them dry they act different and uh now i it's addicting it is very addicting to run an airboat and so, is that is that a I mean, it sounds like there's quite a number of people that run run airboats in that area. There's a few in our area that guide with them. Uh, there's a lot of people that do run. So starting about, you said time-wise, from about December through February, maybe early March, you can stay in an airboat and uh, catch redfish, a speckled trout bite. That's, that's our two bread and butter fish right there that we catch. And the speckled trout are a little more difficult to catch out of an airboat because they, the places that you're fishing, uh, they don't get that far back up in there. The one thing the airboat has allowed me to do is not have to worry about weather. Mm. So this time of year, we start getting these fronts come in and it's blowing 25, 30 mile an hour. And even though it might not rain, it'll blow for three or four days and it blows all the water out. Well, when you got an airboat, that is the A number one it's time to go. Uh, a lot of people won't be out there. And if I have people booked, the airboat don't matter. Man. You know, you get up in those creeks, the wind does not have an effect on you. Uh, it's not like you're having to get out there and beat in the chop. I pull in there, I've got power poles on it, pull in the creek, power pole down, throw out a live shrimp or a live mud minnow, a little chub, and it's on. So it's, walk me through what that day would look like if you're running your Carolina skiff or your bay boat. If you're outside, it can be horrible. 
are there a lot of days like with now that you're in the airboat, you're comfortable with it. Are there a lot of days that it was just a total cancellation day before? And now it's like not only a cancel, not a cancellation day, but a day that you look forward to. A really to. good day. Right. Yeah, it's a day that you're and like, oh, yeah, let's go. That is a dream come true. I mean, yep. that, for a fishing guy to take a day that is like the, 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 you look at the calendar and you're like, oh, man, my back already hurts thinking yeah. about the weather that's coming that time yep. of the year and having yep. to tell these people that, have saved up all year long and they come down here and we're going to cancel and they travel it the, to come. Yeah. And we're going to cancel it at the boat ramp. Like yeah. that sucks. You, I don't you like know how that. that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, terrible. You got customers. It's hard to, you, you're not really trying to talk them out of it, but you're trying to explain to them we can go, but it's not going to be productive. Right. We're probably going to get wet. And now to be able to say, when they're like, are we, are we going to be able to go? I'm like, heck yeah, we're able to go. We're going to go crush them. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. That's, uh, that's really awesome. I was always thinking like, I never could find that with like how a boat, another, a different boat would open something up for me like that. But I was always mm -hmm. thinking I need a, I need a complimentary hobby that when yeah. it's blowing like that, and just but nasty. Do something. Yeah. So like windsurfing or, or, or yep. kite surfing, a lot of guys get into that and it's like, <laughs> yeah. when yeah, it's yeah. blowing, well, we're just going and doing that. Right. Like yeah. you got something that it's something. great when yeah. your primary when is terrible. Right. Yeah. And so I never, I never found that, but it sounds like the airboat is pretty awesome. I have probably been able to fish. I've canceled one trip this winter when I would have canceled probably 80 percent of them wow from from december till now uh i've canceled one and that was just because of rain now when it when the water blows out like that and i don't know your area um when the water blows out like that does it shrink the available area so much that there you know there could possibly be too many airboats or like where where does that line get crossed there's there's not enough people to cover the enough amount okay. of water even even when the water gets all blown out, like you're saying, you're not going to have a m enough boats there at uh -huh. that time. Okay, you know, not everybody can fish during the week, right? And right, that's right. when I try I try not to fish on Saturdays because of that problem or Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, Sundays I'm in church, and Saturdays I just try to spend with my family because the girls are out of school and the wife's off. So so during the week, you know, you might have four or five airboats running around, which is I know sounds kind of crazy, but what that water shrinkage does when it blows it all out it forces those fish into certain sure. places yeah, and they can't go nowhere else. So it's like catching fish in a barrel. <laughs> uh, it's, it really is. And my customers have taken this phase. Now it's cheating. It really is like, uh, you pull in a, in a little ditch and they, they don't have anywhere to go. They, they can't go out either end. You know, they, it's, it, it'll be literally that deep on one end of the hole and be dry on the other end. Hmm. So they can't go nowhere. They got their backs out of the water? No, I mean, it'll be deep. It'll be four or five foot deep in, okay. those, in those ditches, you. you know. And yeah. that's what that's why the fish are going there. It's when the temperature drops and gets cold, that this is just a little bit warmer down there at the bottom in that depth. Now, redfish are pretty pretty hardy. That's what you're mostly fishing for? Do you have black drum up there, too? Uh, we do have some black drum, and a lot of times this time of year, they're small. Uh -huh. They're eating size black drum. Okay. We're small. Um, yep. But when it gets, you know, Say you have a, a a 
condition mixed with a really low tide and it gets really cold. Like just recently, it got probably got mm -hmm. really cold for you. And now where we are in, in the Keys and below, I don't know, um, Fort Lauderdale or maybe below Miami, if it gets that cold, we'll have fish kills. This past, as it was a week, two weeks ago, when it got down in the 20s up yes. here, we did have a fish kill. Now, it, we lost snook and a few mullet. We didn't see any trout. We didn't see any redfish, but we saw a few mullet and then some snook. I actually saw a snook today. It's about, probably a 28-incher. Wow. They just didn't majority of our snook moved to the Swanee River mm -hmm. this time of year. And and they won't they'll be fine unless it drops that cold for a certain amount of days. But my cousin fished the morning after that, the morning it got that cold, and he saw forty degree water temps. Wow. It was four forty point five. It was forty and a half. Now way up in the creeks where I was fishing at, it was probably a little warmer. I didn't fish that day, but another airboater friend that's a captain, he caught one small red fish that day. But now I went the following day and I hammered them. Huh. So I don't know if just that one day makes a difference or it could have been the locations he was fishing. I don't know. Uh, we don't fish the same exact areas. But but uh, this past week was amazing. Today was amazing. I fished this morning and had 10 keeper reds and probably 30 shorts. So, wow. I mean. We had, it was a good day. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And you're fishing out of the airboat right now, right? Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. How maneuverable is that airboat? You got power poles and do you have a trolling motor on it too? I don't have a trolling motor on it, just power poles. Uh -huh. uh, but it, it does okay. I mean, it's not a boat. Airboats fish different than regular boats. They don't drift well. So the cage really catches wind. So mm -hmm. it'll want to spin a circle when you're drifting. Uh, but I did fish the flats with it last Thursday up north towards horseshoe where where rob likes to fish mm -hmm. and it did okay using the power poles yeah uh, it did all right how, how yeah. does that area look right now um after the storm that came and i tell you what i was really shocked at horseshoe uh cedar key got a lot of publicity during the storm mm -hmm. and so did steena hatchie but horseshoe and swanee town they're kind of in between steena hatchie and cedar key they didn't get a lot of publicity and help and horseshoe is still in, in just, it's still destroyed. Yeah. Uh, the houses and stuff are coming back, but there's still debris everywhere. Really? Debris uh, everywhere. Like, yeah, pile, I was, like big piles of it? Well, in the water, oh, uh, a lot of stuff in the water, the boat ramp, uh, all the city stuff's gone at the boat ramp. They have two porter potties up there instead of a bathrooms rebuilt. Uh, and you come to see your key and it looks like nothing ever happened. But down there, it's still uh, there's piles of debris in the marsh. Uh, what do you think the was, difference is? Cedar Key got a pile of help. Uh, people showed up, you know, because it, it a lot of people like the town of Cedar Key. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from Gainesville, and they came down and offered their help. And then you know, FEMA was there, and they were. It's a little bigger town, so they got a lot of government help, I think. And and Horseshoe just didn't. I mean, there's when you go to Horseshoe, the only stuff there is houses. There's no businesses or nothing like that so besides a fish house or something mm -hmm. or shrimping business and i just think that they just hadn't gotten you know the publicity to get help wow like like cedar key did uh it will come back it'll come back but it's just gonna take them a little bit longer mm -hmm. but they do have an awesome fishery up there as well yeah i have fish there and that that uh i, I liked it it's i like the the old florida i mean i, I love that i love that whole area um because it's so different than tarpon springs all the way up past steena hatchie 
that coastline will never be built on. It's all it's protected. Yeah. So the towns that are there can build, but as far as the marsh and all, that will never be. It will never change. What what has protected it? How, why, why will it never change? It's some kind of federally protected. I can't think of exactly what the name of it's called, but okay. it's all federally protected. It's okay. wetlands, basically. Well, the towns that are already there, like a, you know, a horseshoe or anywhere that we're talking about, mm-hmm. will they be able to expand, or they are restricted into what? I they I think can they're do? restricted into what they have as well. Yeah. yeah, the the property that's there is already there. It's like Cedar Key. There can't be too many people there because it can't it can't go nowhere. You right. know, it's an island. So it's a, it's a section of islands. It really can't grow. I mean, you might see some lots available in places, but what's, you know, they'll have it in like a new area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So walk, walk me through your year, like you're fishing in the airboat. We're talking about that. And then, then what happens, uh, what happens for the rest of the year? When do you, when do you, how do, when and how do you decide to get back in the bay boat? So I'm lucky I have a, uh, two other captains that are running, you know, that are running out there in the, on the flats, mm-hmm. but I'll probably stay in the airboat as long as I'm catching fish. And as it starts uh, warming up, what'll happen is the catfish will start taking over up inside and that will be time for me to leave <laughs> for <laughs> that's, sure. That's so, when, that's it's time it's, to get out of there. Yeah. Well, but, we uh, have, we have real shallow, you know, no motor zones and stuff like that. And yeah, man, I'll tell you what, like if somebody asked me the same question, it's like, you'll know. Cause the bugs, yeah. like you oh, can only yeah. like in the winter time, the bugs are not yeah. bad, but then yeah. you go that one day that you shouldn't have gone and you'll never do- make that mistake again. You know what I mean? We had like, to crank up and leave today. It got really calm. And yeah. we have sand gnats uh-huh. is what we call them. No seams. They got whole, they're going in my nose and my eyes. I'm like, we got to go. It, I don't care how good the fish are biting. I can't stand it. We got to move. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to. I mean, yeah, you just, it's just crazy. You just have to. Do you have bugs other times of the year? Uh, not too bad. The sand gnats are about all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, when it gets calm, up around the islands. Now, if you're out there on the flats around the islands, they won't be too bad. Uh, but if you're up in the marsh, that's where they get bad. Or in town, right at in dark town. and early in the morning. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Early in the morning, late in the evening. Now, do they have a gnats. program that sprays? It seems. Yeah, they, they do. They do. Levy County. Mm-hmm. Levy County sprays for mosquitoes. Uh, now. It has no effect on sand gnats. Really, I don't know. I don't know what'll kill them. I think God Himself's the only one that can change that. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's not so, doing a very good job. When you get in, <laughs> when you get into them, it's like oh, yeah. these things uh, are really, yeah, really they're, rough. They're um, horrible. Yeah, they can be. They can be tough, and there's just no getting away from them. Like they, like you know, like a horse fly or something like that. That thing, they'll bite you, and that's bad. But there's only like six or eight of them. Yeah, you kill there's them, and that's 6, it. <laughs> thousand of these other things like everywhere yeah. and they get when up under your eyelids and you're yeah. trying to clean a fish it's horrible that's the worst <laughs> the eyelid eating that's the worst. um yeah yeah that sounds terrible um yeah so so you know it's time to get back into the bay boat when you just can't catch anything but catfish yeah when you start getting catfish more catfish than redfish it's time to go what time of the year is that it should be by March. March, yeah. By okay. Middle March, I'll be back in my bay boat. And the bad thing is, I'll park my airboat and won't get back in it except to go play. You yeah. know, just go ride on the weekends or something. Uh, but I also, I'm loving my bay boat. I mean, I love that fishing out there just as much uh, as I do the airboat. And uh, so, is it primarily redfish that you're that you're fishing for all year round, or do you do something else? All inshore species. So we'll target trout, redfish, snook, 
uh, we'll have we have a pretty decent triple tail bite during the summer. Uh, and then we catch Spanish mackerel and all kind of, you know, that kind of inshore species mm-hmm. uh, up in our area. But we don't, you know, you don't hardly get, we get stuck on catching trout and redfish because the majority of our customers are wanting to take fish home to eat. Yeah. And that, you know, it's just a really good game fish. Right. So. Tell me about the trout. Like that's a place that's known for the monsters up there. Yeah. So, so north of us uh-huh. in Horseshoe, they have the monsters. We probably have a better crop of 15 to 19 inch fish than they do, and they have a way better crop of 19 to 30 inch fish. Do you know why? Do. I mean, do you I, I, now that you fish the area so much, do you have any kind of idea why one would have larger fish than the other? I personally think it's because their seagrass stays there all year. Okay. Uh, and 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 just the same as Crystal River has a lot of really big trout down there. I think the clearer water, they have real clear water. And I think the seagrass stays pretty decent all the way through the winter. Come when it gets really cold, our seagrass will die in our area and then it'll regrow every year. So I think that has a big part in it, uh, as far as the seagrass. And then they'll they'll have bait out on the flats all year. And then up here our pin fishing all leave when it gets cold. Hmm. They they won't be on the flats. Where, uh, where I mean, why do you think that is? Because there's no not enough grass or yeah, not enough grass. Right. The water gets cold, so they just go offshore. Okay. They push out in about 15, 20 feet of water. And so, then I I know also the like the gag grouper fishing and stuff like that. Or don't you have really good fishing for that up for those up there? Uh, yeah, in Crystal River area, yeah. just south of us. Uh-huh. And the reason it's it's really good in Cedar Key too, but it's good at like twenty foot of water. Uh, in Crystal River, you can catch them in five foot of water because they the earth's contour. There's way more rock down there, mm-hmm. uh, up off the bottom. And right there where we're at, there's not a lot of rock that comes up. You know, you might have decent bottom that'll be live bottom or some, some cheese grater bottom, you know, mm-hmm. just rock. But down there, they have, they almost like grow rocks. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they'll be as big as a car. Right. So, and is and that that's it, what they love. Is that something that you put any time I've, towards? I've dabbled, in, I've dabbled in it a little bit uh, since I got the bay boat this past year doing a lot of trolling for them. Uh, but I'm trying to learn. I'm, I'm listening to some of my elders and some guys that are younger than me that's been doing that and uh, trying to learn from them and kind of get into that shallow water game as well. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely really fun. exciting, man. And, it's and fun. fun. That's I mean, for those, sure. those fish, they, they slam a plug. I, I had a couple pull me in the rocks this year <laughs> that I'd like to see. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's so after, uh, so you stay in the bay boat, um, until it starts to cool uh, off or what? Yeah, it starts cooling off. I, this year was the first year I've really had it and been able to experience, you know, to, I didn't have it real early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it in late December. Yeah, late December. So I'll probably get in it sometime around December next year Okay, and start doing it. Because I've had a, a lot of customer requests. I mean, now that I've got it, it's like I've been flooded with it. I almost would love for us to get another one. Really? Uh, just because, yeah, I've had quite a few people get interested in it. Wanted, it's a different experience. Right. It really is. Well, I was thinking that that, so- that sounds like something I would like to bring my daughter to do because she's never been in an airboat. and uh, It's awesome. I've never spent much time in an airboat. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. you know, to spend a couple of days in, in an airboat going around, that and seems it, fun. It's not the same as riding one in the Everglades either. It's, right? it's totally not the same. Like, I've had some people say, yeah, I've done the, the tours in, in the Everglades. What's different? 
because you're in the mud and there is there's there is no water you know you're not riding in a marsh it's like dry ground with spats of water and little creeks i posted a video on my instagram a little while ago of what i was running in today and it's just a ditch it's just as wide as a boat and it and it's literally you're just rolling it's on my story i don't know if he can pull it up or not but it's it's crazy it's pretty it's just neat man you see all you ever think that that's the kind of thing that you'd be doing before you had the airboat no no how much time had you Uh, spent in an airboat before you got one I ruined about three or four days fishing with different people. <laughs> yeah, it's like me getting I mean, one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like, wow. You know, I had to totally relearn fishing spots. Right. You know, I fished some places that I could get to in my skiff that I knew were airboat holes, were people, just community holes. Uh-huh. But I've also learned that some people work, they try too hard. So it was a little easier to to uh, figure it out. They didn't yeah. have to work real, real hard, you know. Here it is right here. There we go. Right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Where's the, that was a short one there. I mean, that water on both sides of us there is it's literally like an inch deep right there. That's beautiful. And we were we were watching all those birds. So uh it's pretty crazy. There you go. That one there. That one'll show it. That also like um makes my heart skip a beat. I'm just thinking this is gonna be the most <laughs> stuck I've ever been in my life. Yep. Uh, yep. looking at that, but to have that freedom to be able to go and do. The only whatever. thing that will stop you is sand. Sand? Airboats do not like sand. If it's white sand, you do not try to go across it. So is that, did you learn that lesson the hard way? I learned from <laughs> other people's mistakes. Uh, it, it, the, the, fortunately, the only time I was went and, and actually hit some sand where it stopped me. I had slowed way down because I was, I thought that might happen. Right. I didn't have enough water on it. And it did just like, boom, Ooh. it's it. Like throw so you I've out. Heard of people you get... like really close. I've heard of people getting thrown out a lot. Wow. You hit sand and it's like somebody just like you stop. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It doesn't skid or nothing. It just stops. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's something you want to watch out for there. So, no doubt. you know, I know that with every kind of boat, that I've ever owned from, you know, like a 36 yellow fin down to like, you know, the tiniest little skiff that you can, that, you know, even with the tiniest little motor you get, Mm -hmm. they can all get, everybody gets excited about souping (laughs) them up, right? Like like you want, you want whatever, if you got a 15 horsepower motor on a John boat, you want that thing to go as fast as you could possibly go. Right. And so you got weight distribution, you got all this different stuff and then you get into the skiffs and not only do you want those to go as fast as they can, but you want them to flow as shallow as possible. (laughs) And and there's all, you know, everybody's like talking about the specifications and all this. And that one floats a half an inch deeper than this one. And this is the best (laughs) one. And that one's 500 pounds lighter. Uh, What about airboats? I I've seen some at gas stations that look like they are like somebody's pride and joy. They are waxed and and oh, super yeah. incredible. They look like they've got a huge engine in them. Like I don't know. Like no that seems like a world that I don't know anything about. I don't know it's about a, airboat world. It is a whole new world to me. Even like yeah. I'm I'm now I'm I wouldn't say obsessed with them, but I'm close. So. I'm learning this. If you see one that's all waxed and pretty, he probably runs it in the lake somewhere. Okay, he yeah. probably tools around the trails. He don't beat it out there in right, the salt water. Right. Uh, but man, you can do so much. It's just like having a, a race car. Yeah. Uh, when they crank up, it's like you hear that sucker camming. 
Uh, the one I'm running has a 383 stroker motor. So it's a small block 350 that's been stroked out. Uh-huh. Uh, I couldn't tell you what cam and all it has in it, but it's got a gear reduction box. So what that is, is it's a, on the back, it's just what it says. So your motor is only turning 3,000 RPMs, but the prop's turning 8,000 okay. RPMs. All right. So it just makes your motor last longer. Uh, but it's straight headers with the little mufflers on the back. I mean, it's it's loud. You wear earmuffs. So how much so, does the actual propeller, like on an airplane or, or even uh-huh. on, a, on a boat, you know, your propeller makes an incredible difference, and you can have one that will get you, you know, better hole shot, one that's oh, like yeah. high, high. I would imagine that it's the same yep. kind of it's deal. It's the same with, thing. So, same so how do you, like, have you had yours long enough to, to kind of be like, I need a new propeller, like, to no, do not- what I want to do? It was set up the way I bought it, yeah. Uh, and it and I haven't, I have no complaints with it. The boat's done exactly what I needed to do. Uh, I talked to some several different people to see what hull, or, uh, you know, you can get a fiberglass hull yeah. or yeah. an aluminum hull, which is better I for think, what you do. I think the aluminum hull is better. That's why I went with aluminum. Is that for durability or for yeah durability? What, yeah, you know, you hit a rock with aluminum, sure, it, you're probably going to laugh. You know, it might ding and dent. Right. versus a hole in it now do you uh, have any sort of uh 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 like a you know like it almost looks like uh starboard or or yeah, like people put they stuff it, underneath it yep they call it polymer okay uh, i've got a hat uh i think it's it's either i think it's half inch okay. polymer on the bottom of mine plus up the sides a little bit okay so and that kind of if you're sliding around you bump a rock that'll protect you a little bit uh-huh okay uh, but but they're not indestructible oh, i'm no sure that they're not like <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah you gotta learn how to so, drive the thing i'm sure no and, doubt. and know where to drive it and to watch to watch out for like the sand i didn't know oh, anything yeah. about that it's, like if you yeah you just gotta be careful so i mean it's that's really cool thing. to you know to to have like for your own story you, you've been in a boat most of your life and now you're getting into this other kind of boating to where you're basically starting over and you got to learn all these things, yeah. just like you had to learn how to navigate yep. in a skiff or, or exactly. Like, I don't know. It seems like that would be super it's, exciting because it is very like exciting. after you, after you've been, you've been guiding since 2006, it's like, okay, at some point, like, okay, kind of, kind of done it. Yeah. You know, like when I that. got my bay boat <laughs> for the first time, it was like, okay, this is cool. First of all, my kids like this better. And yeah. it's more comfortable. I can go across. I can go to places that I wasn't able to go before. I can carry mm-hmm. bait that I wasn't able to carry before. And it opened up all yeah. of these different options oh, yeah. that I had never had. And it got me really super excited again. And it was kind of like a second life. Like wow, like this is so cool. I can get back there. It I would imagine with the 100%. airboat, it is just like opening up your eyes to what's possible. It is a hundred percent what you just said. Uh, stepping from a from what I call in our skiff is a Carolina skiff. This past August, I got a, a 23 Skeeter. Uh-huh. So, and that was just like you said. I was able to haul more bait. I had rod lockers. I mean, I was like a whole new ah for me. And now moving to an airboat, it's like I'm a kid again. Yeah. It's like, man, this is this is awesome. I'm looking forward to going all the time. I want to go run it all the time. Uh, I expected the fuel mileage to be way worse than what it is. It actually does pretty decent. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm burning like eight to ten gallons a trip, so that's not bad. Uh, a fuel, I run that. I burn that in my Skeeter on a four-hour trip. So mm-hmm. I mean, 
go figure, which we don't have to run a long ways. We're very lucky that way. But uh, it's just as fun. People's eyes light up. You see them like they turn around looking at each other like, man, did you see those birds or did you see that fish? You know, did you see that? So it, it's really neat. It now, how really many cool. people in your in your particular boat can you take? Three, three plus me. Really? Uh, three fishermen is about all I want to take. Two is more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and that's riding wise. You could ride, you could probably ride five in it comfortable, but fishing room is just not, you know, you limited. So, so when you get in this boat and you're going into places that you've never been before and seeing experience, seeing things that you've never experienced before, what has been the, the thing that surprised you the most about where redfish go i would imagine that you've seen them in no water um yeah (laughs) tell me about what tell me about some of those situations uh it's unbelievable how how they'll be in there with the bait to me and the places they'll be uh like in the bait without eating yeah Uh, there'll be mullet and and mudmen is just all around them but they're just laying in there and and why they I don't know. I don't know why they're not feeding on them, you know, and you throw a shrimp in there and then he feeds on him. Huh. Uh, it, it's pretty wild, but then it's also, to, it's amazing to me how you can go to the same place every day behind other boats and there'll be so many fish. Like it's, it's mind blowing how many fish will be in these places and you'll catch them and catch them and catch them and catch them just, and then go back and do it again the next day. You know, it's just it's mind blowing uh, when you get back in there. What about shallow situations? Oh, I mean, have you seen them in shallower water than you ever anticipated that they would be in from fishing in other boats? Uh, I think that will come. I think a little later in the year, because right now they're they're back in those holes and they don't come out of them. Uh-huh. I think later in the year, once I start running out there on the flats, now I've seen them out there when I've been running before i've seen you know their backs will be out of the water you know our fish will be out there uh, a good friend of mine was out fly fishing the other day for them and, and they were all over the flats too that's another thing that's crazy you know not all our fish go in the creeks mm-hmm. he said he probably saw a couple hundred fish out there tailing around now he couldn't get them to eat but they were in a foot or less so mm-hmm. i mean but most of the time those fish don't have much pressure yeah. uh that's pretty amazing that's cool. And how many guys do you think are operating in that area? Cedar Key, there's probably about 24, 25 of them. Mm-hmm. There's only a, probably 14 that are hardcore that are going, you know, that are going pretty regular in our area. And of those, Ooh. there's four that are family. There, yeah, there's right. four that are family. Yeah. yeah. And there's only about probably eight total that I would say, hey, you need to go with them. If you can't go with me, you need to go with them. Yeah. So. That's yeah. cool. You got places to stay right. down there? Like where where oh, do your yeah. ang- where do your anglers yeah. stay? I I'd like to bring my daughter down there. We have several very nice uh condos, yeah. style hotels. Uh they're all pri- most of them are all privately owned. So there'll be a full condo, but they're all decorated different and they'll have booking agencies that book for them. Okay. Uh there's several really nice ones. Some of them are right on the water, some of them aren't. Uh but they most of them all have trailer parking for boats. It's not the most fisherman friendly uh-huh. town. Yeah. Uh, as far as having places to park your trailer and all, because it's just, you know, it's kind of compact, but, uh, it is an awesome place, man. It's, it's, it's not near the pressure that South of us gets. Yeah. 
it's unbelievable. Interesting. So where do people um, book you and, and get information on your service? Well, you can go right to our website. It's fishcedarkey.com. Okay. And you can email me right off of there, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. And then you can help the people find the – like if I called you, you would help to um, find the yep. – the, I'll put you in touch with the right people or lead you in the right way. Right. So yeah. most all those condos have websites. You can go right to them and book them, and I'll, I'll tell you which ones to go to and which ones to stay away from. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> that sounds fun. I want to I want to yeah. come down and, and fish with you. It sounds like let's uh, do it. Sounds awesome. I haven't um, I haven't fished out of an airboat like that. I think it'd be really fun. I promise you, if you come up here to Cedar Key, you will be back. Yeah. Uh, some of the other guys that's been on your show, uh, Carter Andrews, uh -huh. he came one time, and now he comes every year. Is that right? So it is Did you fish phenomenal. him out of an airboat? I did not get to fish him out of an airboat yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. So, yeah, he's done some snook fishing up here with some friends of mine. He's done some fly fishing with another friend of mine. Uh, I've yet to have him on my boat, but we've had some long conversations. And uh, I would love to get him on airboat. Yeah, he's a good so, dude, man. He's yeah, he's, uh, yeah. He's Carter, pretty solid. Me and Carter go way back. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, well, we're both from Tennessee, <laughs> and then we both ended up in Jackson, Wyoming, at the same time, working for two wow. different outfitters out there. Yeah, and then uh, then our paths have crossed a whole bunch of times over the years, and ended up cool. I, I fished a bunch of tournaments with him. Uh, we okay. did the Redbone tournaments with he and his wife, and and. Um, did the Mad Fin tournament with Carter? I don't know. All sometimes, right. sometimes you even forget these things until yeah, somebody yeah. reminds you, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I fished with him a couple times, and then it's like, <laughs> man, I fished with him more than a couple times. Like, I don't know. Carter, <laughs> Carter's awesome. a, Carter's a hardcore fisherman, man. He he, oh, yeah. he definitely likes getting it done. That's All right, cool. Jimbo. Well, cool. man, I I definitely want to come down there and and uh, come up there and fish with you, and uh, yeah, I'll see if I can get my daughter. She's just in Auburn there, so. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we might be able to get her to come down and you come up. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Cool. Well, if you guys uh, don't, uh, what's your social media, Jimbo? Social media is Captain Jimbo Keith on Instagram and just regular old Jimbo Keith on Facebook or Saltwater Assassin Fishing Charters. Okay. That's a good yeah. way to That's find That's our YouTube you. as well. Okay. YouTube. So you're, you're all over. Go find him. Check it out. And uh, if you want to see some uh, old Florida, like, Oh yeah, old definitely. Florida. That's that's where it is, man. It's yep. uh, it's still it still looks like that that book that we talked about, man. A land remembered. Yeah. What an incredible book that is. And if you haven't read that book, A Land Remembered, especially if you're into Florida history, I mean yep. that book is truly amazing. Like it's Florida amazing. was a rough place. A rough place. Rough. It'll make you have a whole new respect for living in Florida. Yeah, Put bears, wolves. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all the stuff Freaking. that they had to deal with, and that guy doing it with just him, his wife and his son, like unbelievable. Yeah. Highly, highly recommended. It's actually in the book club. Go to tomrollandpodcast dot com. It's in the book club. Uh, you can get that book, and uh, I liked it on audio book personally i listened to the audio book yeah audio i listened to that with my wife on a long drive and she was into it just like i was i was like this is yeah. unbelievable but awesome. uh that one's highly recommended all right so go yeah. check out jimbo check out a land remembered and then go see what that the the remaining bits of what that looks like around cedar key that'd be awesome awesome man all right thanks yeah. jimbo we'll see Appreciate you later it. see you